0: Presentation Skills for Design Students, Episode 30. Are you a design student or graduate who wants to succeed in the professional world? If so, keep listening. I'm Christina Canters, former architect turned communication skills coach, and you are about to discover how to get noticed, land your dream job, and have an outrageously successful career. It's all about being able to speak, present, and communicate like a boss. Welcome to the Presentation Skills for Design Students podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited that you are spending some time with me today. I have a very special guest for your listening pleasure this week. His name is Hugh Culver. And he is an expert on procrastination. He helps people get things done in order to be more successful in their careers and in everyday life. But before we get to the interview, I just have one quick announcement. If you are an architecture student or graduate, I would love to invite you to join my networking group on LinkedIn. It's called Network for Architecture Graduates. And it's a community for graduates and students of architecture who want success in finding a job that they love and making a big impact in the workplace. Now, I'll be posting up articles and resources and having discussions on all things career and job related. You know, resume feedback, job interview skills, connecting with companies and recruiters, all that sort of thing. So to join the group, just search for Network for Architecture Graduates under the Groups tab in LinkedIn And I'll also put a link in to the group in the show notes at designdrawspeak.com slash zero three zero. And of course, if you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, please just send me a request with a little message to say that you found me through the podcast. I look forward to connecting with you. Okay, now let's get to the interview. And this week, I'm very excited to be chatting to Hugh Culver. Hugh is a keynote speaker best-selling author and a master of busting through procrastination and getting things done. So if you're a student putting off that big assignment or maybe you're job hunting and finding it hard to put together your portfolio or send those damn resumes out, this episode is for you. Hugh also has a podcast. It's called The Experts Enterprise and it's for experts who want to succeed in their business. You can find his podcast, blog, and other excellent resources at hughculver.com. But for now, just sit back and prepare yourself for the wonderful wisdom of one of my favorite Canadians, Hugh Culver.
1: I've got this uh, crazy background where I came out of adventure tourism and got into the whole business of being a speaker and, and seminar leader quite a long time ago. And what's, what's evolved over time is I started to look at the trends that are happening with all of my clients. And what I became really fascinated in was the challenge that people are having getting things done. You know, so people refer to this as procrastination, you know, get things done by David Allen, that sort of formula. They talk about um, to-do lists. So I, I, what I was realizing was a lot of my clients were struggling with productivity, and I was as well. So I became fascinated with the fact that you know they've got a need and I've got a need, and so for the last uh, I would say really probably seven years now, that's become one of my primary focuses: is helping people to create real results and what I call a, a rich life.
0: I think I think we could all do some help with procrastination and, and getting results. Uh, I also I also love the fact that you're Canadian. Just just saying <laughs> just saying. As an Australian, we love Canadians. <laughs> well,
1: and, you know, yeah, Canadians love Australia. So it is actually one of the countries that most Canadians, Canadians that have a passport, I should say, you know, Canadians that travel, most Canadians have been to Australia. So yeah, we love Australia.
0: <laughs> we're all, we're all uh, reciprocating the love. Now, now, Hugh, I like to ask my interview guests about the sure. two things. Have you heard of the two things before? Oh, okay. no, I haven't. What okay. is it? Well, it's it's based on the idea that any subject or topic can be distilled down into just two things that you need to know about it. And anything else is either an application of those two things or it's just not important. So to give you one example, the two things about writing, number one, include what's necessary and number two, leave everything else out. mm-hmm <laughs> So I'd like <laughs> nice. to ask you, what are your two things about procrastination?
1: Okay, so I'm going to boil it down to how you think and then how you act. Now, most people only focus on how you act, but I think that first of all, you have to deal with how you think. And there's um, really crazy research around this, which uh, is is all, all in the family of positive psychology. And the research is showing that a lot of the things that make us procrastinate are kind of um, counterintuitive. So, for example, worrying about procrastination actually makes you procrastinate even more. <laughs> and so, um, so the other thing is self-doubt or self-criticism is going to make you procrastinate even more or be less productive. So for example, if people claim to be a procrastinator, they're more likely to actually look for examples of how they procrastinate and prove that they're right. Or if people believe that they're always buried in clutter or are terrible at making lists or love to make goals but don't follow them, then they're actually more likely to do exactly that. So the first challenge is to change how you think. So if you know you are challenged getting things done, or you take on too much, or you find you get easily distracted with Twitter or Facebook or email or whatever it is, then you need to actually really look at, well, why is it, what is it about your thinking um, that allows that uh, to happen? So, you know, in um, in my example, it's I used to say I was busy. So that's the type of thinking. So I used to actually equate busy with success because I would look at people who were further ahead than I was in terms of their financial success or their size of their business or the lifestyle that they led, and I would notice that they were super busy. So, of course, you know, in my mind, uh, I, I decided, oh, well, busy must be successful. So then I just went about getting really busy. So, you know, every every company that I owned or started within about six months, I was super busy. And then people would ask me how's it going? And I would say, really busy. And so I was like giving myself this really pat a big pat on the back for the wrong reasons. Yeah. So the first thing is you gotta change how you think. Can I just and, ask a question about that? Yeah, please.
0: So so with I'm just thinking like how like what distracts me? And I know I always get distracted by Uh, Twitter and Facebook and email, like I'm just constantly just going back and checking. Oh, I wonder if I've got another email. I sort of just keep going. What sort of, what sort of mindset is that?
1: Yeah. So it's not all actually about the volume of the emails you get, or even the quality of the emails you get. What's going on is actually, it's a manufactured distraction. Okay. So what's going on is, my guess is that there are hard, there's harder work albeit it may be more valuable but there's harder work that needs to get done and what the brain says is that's gonna be hard like that's you know that's hard stuff and I don't wanna screw it up I also need a lot of time and energy to get into it and then the brain sees Twitter or Facebook and says oh well that'll keep me busy so now I'm actually getting kind of satisfied by this addictive uh, stream, because it is very addictive, because we get rewarded. You know, if you if you're on Twitter long enough, soon someone's going to retweet you, and then you're going to go, oh, good thing I watched, or or someone's going to send you an email that actually is valuable. And you're going to say, oh, good thing I checked. So it's it's not so much I wouldn't look so much at the lure of the social media. What I'd look at is what's being avoided.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's definitely. I definitely put off the the more lengthy and more difficult, more challenging tasks in favor of the really easy tasks, which is just you know going on Facebook, commenting, sending tweets, yeah. that sort of
1: thing. And so and so Neil Fiore, uh, F I O R E. Neil Fiore is kind of famous uh, for his work in this area, and he his book is called the. Uh, the now habit and he has this technique called unschedule which is really fascinating so what he's discovered is that a great way to get started on the really important work in other words overcome procrastination is to first of all schedule the fun work so for example what you could do is you could say okay well in 30 minutes I'm gonna go crazy on social media. So in 30 minutes time, I'm gonna have a full 20 minutes to just go nuts. I'll be all over Twitter, Facebook, I can jump around, I can multitask, I can have like 18 windows open all at once, but I can't do that until 30 minutes is up. And so then he says step two is to get to work on what he calls quality work. And so quality work is very focused and single tasking. Uh, And so for the next 30 minutes, I have to then get this work done so that I can enjoy my unscheduled time. It's kind of a reverse, you see. So most of us, what we do, we start the day by, we plot out, okay, you know, here's a whole bunch of work I got to get done. It's kind of depressing, but I got to do all this work. I got to get all this work done. And he says, actually, you should try it in reverse. You should figure out, first of all, what's the playtime going to look like? So as I told you before, Christina, like in about two and a half hours, I'm out of here and I'm on my way home. And the lake is probably going to be perfectly calm. We live across the street from the lake in the Okanagan here in British Columbia. I'm going to pick up my surf ski. I'll be on the water. And I'm going to have this amazing workout for one hour. And so that's in the back of my mind. All day long and it totally is motivating me to be on time get things done and to create great results wow that's very cool okay scheduling
0: in playtime and and yeah first first and then you then that becomes top of your list and then
1: step three just to complete the formula is then you go back at the end of the day and you count up how much quality time you did in 30 minute increments so let's say today i did you know three so that's 1.5 hours or i did four okay that's two hours so the last step is to actually go back and then start to count up day by day, how did I do on Tuesday, how did I do on Wednesday, and to start to look at it. Because the reality is, and this is especially true for students and self-employed people, but really for anybody nowadays that has a job or has you know a big project like like education, the reality is that we really only put in a couple of hours of quality work every day. Yeah, we think we think we're busy, but if you look at you know the work that actually either creates income or gets a project done or gets my paper due uh, for my professor, um, it actually only adds up to a couple of hours a day, three, four, five hours a day. And so the trick is, and this is step number three, is to go back and say, okay, well, what did I actually get done today, and did I actually do better than yesterday?
0: Okay, thanks for sharing that. That's yeah. Wait, wait, that's still we're still on the first thing. So that's all <laughs> in the mind, and you've probably right. already covered.
1: You know, part of what no, the and then it's was. acting. So acting. part of it, what I cover is acting. So I'll give you a couple of quick tips on acting. So the thinking is the first part is to recognize what's holding you back in terms of the way that you des- you describe yourself or you describe the problem. And so a lot of that has to do with um, self criticism and blame. And so you get you get around that by. Um, Doing the you know unscheduling so in other words, let's 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 schedule my playtime first That's one way of doing it anyways the, the second part is around acting differently and this is more traditional, but it really does make a big impact So I really recommend for example that creep people create boundaries of time so, for me generally, it's uh, 60 minutes when I first arrive at the office. And what that means is that wh- by the time I get here, I want 60 minutes of undistracted time. That's a boundary of mine. It fits in with my circadian rhythm. In other words, I'm a very much a morning person. So, it's really important I have that boundary. I have another boundary shortly after lunch. And these, these boundaries of time are what I call um, scheduled, you know, basically it's scheduled unavailability. So I have manufactured a meeting with myself. That's that's the first thing. The second thing that I really recommend people do is that they batch their work together, especially nowadays. Uh, you should be batching your email. So you should batch your email in like 10 or 15-minute chunks and then stay off of it. If you have to turn the, the email tool off, Outlook or Mail or whatever, turn it off. You should batch together your planning. You should batch together your Facebook. I mean, all of these things are far more efficient when you actually um, put them all together. It's no different than like cooking a meal or doing the dishes or doing the laundry. Like you want to get it all done at once. So, so boundaries is the first thing. So schedule time when you're unavailable, strategically unavailable. Then batching is when you um, put similar tasks um, all, all together. Uh, Blocking is the third strategy, that's where you go on the calendar and you make appointments with yourself. So that's how I actually get done all of my planning for my keynotes, is I actually put them on the calendar as meetings, and then the fourth thing is taking breaks. People need to take breaks more often. So it's now in my time, it's like 1.30 in the afternoon. and I've already had, I think, 10 breaks today. <laughs>
0: wow. Design students, are you listening? Take breaks. <laughs> Absolutely. You can't physically work for like eight hours straight. No. You need to take those breaks.
1: Constantly take breaks and listen if you are a student listening to this and you're kind of anchored to your computer Or whatever is you're working on really simple technique. It sounds silly, but it really works. Is just to move things away from your desk so um, Like if I look around my room my recycling box is over there my garbage cans over there My water bottles over there and all day long I've been getting up and moving around and that's exactly what you need to do to uh, not only stay healthy because there's incredible research now Uh, based on some really major longitudinal studies, one of which was was done in Australia, uh, that uh, show that sitting is what they call the new cancer, but also it makes you much more alert.
0: Yeah. Getting up and moving. Architecture students, that means you have to leave the studio, go home and sleep. (laughs) or go or, Or go for a walk around the block before you come back to sleep under your desk. Like you, you created a travel company doing tours to Antarctica which is very cool and you um you've also done ironman competitions and marathons now you're a speaker but you speak about different different topics but do you draw on your stories and experiences from Antarctica and and doing your marathons and all that to to help get your message across
1: oh absolutely yeah of course you know it's it's what makes a lesson memorable it also helps to get the attention of the audience. So when I design a keynote, which is you know, you generally 60 minutes long, so I actually, after I've got the framework of the keynote, I insert stories. So the stories are designed uh, to, uh, well, basically the formula I use is it's a three-step formula. So every time I'm teaching a lesson, the formula I use is story lesson application so and i'll explain each one of those but the after i've got my framework for my keynote i go back in and i say okay so what would be an awesome story oh i'll, I'll use the airplane story here oh no no you know i'll use the story about my daughter kate here or, Oh, okay i'm going to use the story here of um you know, this conversation I have with this client or, and so I have this inventory and I use Evernote for this. It's really convenient. So in Evernote, I have an inventory of all my stories and um, I just go and uh, go through that. And I say, oh, that's a perfect story for this one. The second part is, uh, is lesson. So that's when I segue into here's what this story means. And people need this, like they need to know, you know, basically empirically, okay, what, you know, what's the specific thing he's trying to tell me here. So all too often what speakers will do is tell a very entertaining story and then move on. And so that's fine for comedy, but it's not fine if you're being paid to deliver. So you need to create a segue, which says, you know, and what I learned from that is, or, hey, heads up, here's something that this might be relevant for you. But you make it very explicit. This is, the lesson I got from that. And then the third part is application. And this is when I, and I call it peppering the audience. So this is where I give them um, examples of how to actually use that lesson based on who I know is in the audience. So I might give an example that's more appropriate for a receptionist front uh, desk client facing employee and then right after that I'll give a quick example for a middle manager and then I'll give an example for someone who might be in the room who is actually a vendor so my job is to help people to learn I'm not I'm not the entertainment speaker and so I have to make sure that everybody in the room took that lesson away
0: okay so what about um, if someone's getting up to present their work so say we're in a we're in a, we're in a school and someone's as a student has got up to present their work and they're presenting, you know, this is my research, these are my ideas, this is what, you know, this is what I believe in, this is what my values are, and you, they just want their audience and their teachers to just get really interested in their design and to really sort of buy into their ideas. So what sort of story can they incorporate that's going to make their message or make them memorable and their and their presentation
1: um, engaging? Yeah, so it's a great question because... Oftentimes, you know, like for example, Christina. For me, it's I can always go back to Antarctica, put up a picture of penguins, and I have everyone's attention. <laughs> you no, know, okay, let's talk about penguins again. And Everyone so loves it's penguins, a, right? But but I also recognize that after I've been in the industry for a while, that that gets a little bit, you know, old. It was old for me, so then I had to just look at different stories. So a great place to look for stories is not necessarily from your life, because for example, if you're young and you know, really, uh, you know, you haven't traveled a lot yet. Maybe you haven't even had your first job. Maybe you don't have story, as many stories that you think are relevant. You've got lots of stories, but you, you know, you can't quite connect it to the lesson. So, so then, what I would do is I'd look at metaphors. So, can you turn this into a nice metaphor? So, is does this does this uh, lesson or this uh, point or argument that you're trying to make is it is it is there an obvious metaphor that comes from? In movies or, you know, or comes from, uh, you know, Animal Kingdom or, you know, anything you can think of, you know, like even if you, you know, even if you have to go to something kind of hackneyed, like talk about how do you eat a you know, little joke, like how do you eat an elephant or, you know, like anything that's going to create a picture for people is going to make it much more interesting and memorable for them. Um, so you know, it's it doesn't have to be extremely um, elaborate. It doesn't have to even take that long, but it, it's much more interesting for um, people to you know, for example, when I talk about batching work together. Well, that's not something that is necessarily very new to people. So what I do is I just talk about chopping wood. I say you know, every summer we go to this friend's cabin and one of the jobs is to chop wood and it wouldn't make much sense to go and chop one piece of wood and then bring it into the cabin. It would be a bit silly. It's like washing one dish at a time or cooking, you know, only the noodles and then going thinking about cooking something else. So what you do is you go outside, you chop a lot of wood, then you come back inside and now you've batched it together. So you see, what I did there was just pre- present a really simple story that anybody can relate to, even if they've never chopped wood. But now it creates a little bit of a visual that's going to make it more memorable.
0: That's awesome. I really like that. I like the I like the movie reference because everyone, you know, most people will understand, you know, what a character is going through in a movie or, or whatever.
1: Yeah, and I and I'm not good at that. I mean, I. <laughs> Uh, We still rent videos here, not because we're Canada's so behind, but (laughs) but it's but it's because um, we have a really favorite video store down the street called Leo's, and it's the only one left in our city now.
0: We're just kind of sad.
1: It's kind of sad, but that's one of the things we really love is once a week we go to Leo's and uh, last Friday I was in there and I was a little bit, I wasn't quite sure if I'd seen this movie before, so they looked it up on the internet for, or they, on their records, you know, for me on their computer. I'd rented it three times before, so I'm not the best person <laughs> for movie references, but however... I do. I love it when people do that. Like I love it when they make a, a reference to, to Star Wars or Indiana Jones or like one of the classics. I just love it because even if I don't remember that exact movie reference, right away I remember the movie, and it brings up great memories for me. And it's it's you know if you throw an image up on the screen, it doesn't take very long to make your talk much more engaging and interesting just with a quick reference to something. So, so that's a great one to use. It's just pick a movie that's really, you know, one of the big box office smashes and you'll have people's attention.
0: Easy. Spider-Man, Transformers, anything. All of those. I love yeah. that. That's so cool. Oh, well, look, Hugh, we're coming to the end of, our, of the interviews, but... Uh, Thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge with us. I love what you shared about procrastination, especially. I think we all need help with just getting things done and yeah, changing our mindset and just being like, nah, I'm going to shut off the, the phone, shut off um, email, that sort of thing. Now, if, if people want to learn more about you and, and read your blog and, and listen to your podcast, because I know you also podcast as well about these, these topics, where can they find you?
1: Sure. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for that. So uh, go to Hugh Culver, so H-U-G-H Culver, C-U-L-V-E-R, Culver. So HughCulver.com. And there's actually some great uh, videos there under goodies. So just go to the goodies section and there's some really, uh, I think, easy to learn from videos there. And it shows you how I teach. It also shows you some really great simple skills you can do to help with your productivity.
0: Awesome! Thanks so much, Hugh, and uh, and all the very best with the, with your with your paddling. Go um My... go get you going. Water skiing is it?
1: I uh, know it's actually called a surf ski. A surf ski. So it's like a um Olympic K one, uh that they race flatwater Olympic K one boats that you race. So yeah, it's uh it's an invention out of South Africa. So yeah, I love it. It's very fast. It's very tippy, so it fits me perfectly. Wow,
0: very <laughs> cool. All right, thanks again, Hugh. It was great to cool. talk to you. My pleasure. That was fun. Thanks well surf skiing definitely sounds like a fun thing to schedule into your day i totally agree with what Hugh was saying about planning fun stuff around the hard work you know i believe that having balance in your life is one of the best ways to be happy and to reduce stress it's just so important so thanks again to hugh culver for being such a wonderful guest on my show this week And that's a wrap for episode 30, Design Peeps. Now, don't forget to join the LinkedIn group, Network for Architecture Graduates. I'll put a link to that in the show notes at designdrawspeak.com slash 030, where you will also find all the resources and links mentioned throughout this episode with you. Enjoy your week, take care, and I will see you for the next episode. This has been Presentation Skills for Design Students helping you become a confident, creative communicator.